welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program as we uh, come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and then Wednesdays at 9 a.m. with our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. And we hope that you'll subscribe. And then that way you can be notified every time a new interview is posted on any of these podcast or videocast sites. So uh, we thank you for uh, joining us here on the program. I will continue with all of the other uh, preliminary information later, which means it's no longer preliminary. Postary? I don't know. Anyway, we're going to talk with a returning guest. I'm really glad to have her back again. Uh, she's been on the program a number of times. Jude Bijou is our guest. AttitudeReconstruction.com is her website. And we want to thank you so much for, for joining us again here on the program to talk about I think uh, something that, that probably could best be summed up by the phrase that I have I've used, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm open to that, words have power, and we need to be more mindful, more conscious of the words that we use, and maybe even the, in the context of the words that we use, even in our own thoughts, and how they affect our emotions and our actions. You're stealing my thunder. <laughs> yes, but you're going to go into more detail as to some of the processes, some of the, uh, the, the things that you have um, found that help people, including yourself, <clears throat> to, uh, I guess, fine-tune our intent. Is that a, better way, a good way to put it? Well, I say so that we can feel more joy, love, and peace. I like that. Yeah, that there are emotions and that we can create those emotions of joy, love, and peace by our thoughts, by our words. Or we can also create more sadness and more anger and more fear, but that we have a choice. But it is our, our thoughts are really, really powerful. Well, you have uh, a self-improvement and personal development program. You actually have a book out as well that's available through your website. Tell us a little bit about this book on attitude. Well, it was something because I grew up not feeling happy and knew that I should be happy. That, you know, it wasn't mean, meant to, like, feel nothing. And so I went on a quest. I started with meditation. I was like in my early 20s. And it's like I had to find some something that made sense for me because I was just not, not liking, you know, just feeling so icky. And so I got really into meditation. And then my father was a psychologist. And so I had some of that, those genes of the be, being a behavioral psychologist that I had to be scientific about it. So it was a matter of combining the science and the meditation and my own experience. Mm. And what evolved through years and years of, I'm a marriage and family therapist, so counseling people, counseling myself, I started to get a picture of how the mind works and became into the power of our emotions. Mm. And 
and I learned, hey, something create, you know, if I'm feeling sadness and I'm not crying enough, I'm going to feel really down on myself. You know, it's interesting that I've heard this breakdown of the word emotion, uh, E standing for energy, and then, of course, motion. So energy in motion. And that's that's really what we're talking about here. And we can choose how that energy is moved based upon where we are and our attitudes. I mean, I've, I've seen so many and heard about so many people, uh, Jude, whose health conditions are, are, are tied to, I mean, this now goes into more metaphysics, if you will, uh, and symbolism, but still it's, it, it's connected. Uh, I, you know, and I don't know all of the, the connections from one part of the body's dis, dis-ease to these attitudes, these emotions and so forth, the stress that we're now under, the anxiety and so forth. But it's like someone who's having really bad digestive problems. And that's tied. I don't know. I mean, I had my gallbladder removed and I know the liver and gallbladder are tied to anger. And before my gallbladder was removed, uh, let's just use the example of spilling a glass of milk. I don't want to get it. After, it was... <laughs> oh, okay, I'll just get a thing and clean it up. No big deal. And I was actually aware of that change. Let's talk a little bit about some of the... Maybe some of the physical diseases... Uh, let's, let's just say for the, for example, I don't know if you've done, I, I would think you've probably done some of the study in these areas. Let's say uh, headache, migraine headaches, uh, pains, you know, from the neck up in that regard. Uh, what, what would that be tied to? What is somebody holding on to? What's the baggage that they have to run through TSA with? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I want to go back a step before okay. we get there. Please. And that, that is because I really like it, and I totally agree. Emotions are emotions, energy in motion, right? And we feel them in our body. We feel sadness. We feel that heaviness. And we feel anger where we want to strike out and kill. And we feel fear where we're just trembling and shuddering and anxious. You know, it's all of those feelings in our body. And what happened is when we were little kids, we just expressed them. But what happened when we got older is our parents, our school, our neighbors, our friends said, it's not cool. Don't cry, little girl. You know, boys aren't pretty when they cry. Girls shouldn't get angry. Don't be a scaredy cat. And so we took all that energy and we had to stuff it or compensate in some ways. We'll talk about how we compensate with our thoughts. But we had to stuff all of this energy in our body. And that goes to, there we have, now we have headaches. What is that? That's a lot of pressure in the head, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that, that can be stress, which is fear. There's too much going on and I can't deal with it. Oh, it's in my head. Or it can be sadness. It, it, it just for different people, it's different things. But that's when, when our head starts to compress, we know we're suppressing, expressing those emotions mm -hmm. that are natural. And so I, we've got to give ourselves permission to get those emotions out in a really constructive way. 
You know, I even remember as a kid and even as a young, uh, a teenager and young adult, uh, that if there was this emotional event, like somebody, let's just say somebody passed away, and you'd want to cry, but, you know, you weren't where you could do it privately. You weren't where you could do it uh, secretly so that you didn't embarrass yourself. And then, again, those are the thoughts in going in the head. And so the, I, I could feel what you're talking about. And as soon as I had the opportunity to do that, to, to release through the tears and the sobbing, the pressure went away. It just went away. And I Hallelujah. think the, and the same thing, let's say, with the stomach and the digestion. I know that a lot of people, it manifests in the stomach. Some people get ulcers and what have you. Uh, or maybe the extra, extra, what is it, uh, acids are built up in there uh, because they're, they're struggling and they can't and so forth. And as soon as they let it go, they talk about it. Even if it's just with a therapist, it's like that tends to dissipate until it's gone. But I think the biggest problem, though, is we'll have that experience and then we'll move on and we'll forget that we had that experience back there. And we forget that, oh, I need to do that. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it's like that old programming comes racing to the forefront, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really having to be mindful and honor our emotions. They're a part of every one of us. And we have to go, all right, they're a part of me and I need to express them constructively. But we have a lot of messages that say, move on, get going complete this project, do this, go here. And so there's not a lot of space to go, oh, time out. I need to go and shake and shiver because I'm scared. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> and it's, it, we just, we weren't given that permission or we forget to take it. I have clients all the time will go over that idea that if they're scared, what does a dog do when it's scared, when it's at the vet? It's in the corner underneath your chair, shaking and shivering and shaking and shivering because that's the natural energy. And we all know that energy. When you have to give a talk in front of 500 people, your voice quivers and, and, you know, your, your knees are knocking. It's energy. And if we just take a few minutes to just shake it out, you know, like that's that Taylor Swift, shake it out, just shake it out. And just, you know, go into a bathroom. It's like, but we forget that it's that simple, that we can move that energy out of our body. You know, there's another thing that animals, and in particular, when I watch uh, my dog uh, and, and our cats, uh, and I was, uh, uh, I remember, I don't know if it was reading it or hearing it, maybe on one of these programs where we had uh, uh, <clears throat> animal communicators, if you will. And they would always say that if you feel, for example, if you feel like stretching, just think about your dog. Our dog will get up and he will lean forward and push his hind legs out and he's stretching. And then he'll lean back and push his front paws out. And then he goes off about his business. And it's like there's something about that action that just makes the biggest difference in one's attitude at that moment. Absolutely. That's a lovely example because it, it's 
allowing the body to move to its full length and stretch all of those muscles and reset from a night's sleep or taking a nap of the dog, you know, it's like, you know, sitting down and it gets up and it stretches, which is what we need to be doing. We need to follow what animals do a little bit more because they don't have that, their head, their thoughts that interfere. They just do what they naturally feel like they, they, they want to do at that moment. Yeah. There's, there's studies that show that, um, dogs cry right like if mm-hmm. when they like you know lose a, a playmate or, or they they're reunited with their master after a long absence that there'll actually be some tears there which i thought was a cool study uh we're talking with uh, jude bijou she has a book attitude reconstruction attitudereconstruction.com is the website and you folks are listening to and watching tell me your story i'm richard dugan your host and uh, it's always a pleasure to have guests returning to our broadcast jude bijou is one of those you are in no way your family is in no way connected <clears throat> with any of the uh, theaters around the country that were called bijou theaters is that correct that's that's correct. Or, or if you were if you're of you know my age, there was the comic strip Nancy, and Nancy always was going to the Bijou Theater, so it would often kind of go up in the little you know one of the little windows of the cartoon would say Bijou, but no, I I can't claim those. Can't claim that one. Well, you can claim, no. of course, Attitude Reconstruction. That's the book that you've written, and I'm wondering uh, as we move on here, is it available yet uh, in audible format? No, it's not. But you can get it in Kindle okay. or or paperback, Absolutely. as you said, from my website, attitudereconstruction.com. We encourage people to go there. We'll be linked to your website, as we always are, to all of our guests' websites so that uh, you folks can uh, get more information, uh, find out more about uh, uh, Jude and uh, the work that she is doing. You also have for us, as we are moving through here, you've got some suggestions on how to pinpoint, for in this case, for example, uh, as we're talking about wanting to be joyful and loving and having peace in our lives um, and finding out where a person is coming from, uh, the person's respective, shall we say, destructive thoughts and how to basically, um, I don't know if we want to use the term F-disking, a computer term or, or overwriting. Uh, or replacing them with uh, uh, thoughts and ideas and, and, and attitudes that bring uh, uh, greater happiness and health. Health is huge. And people, Absolutely. it's like when I watch people walking on the street, especially who are, uh, a lot of them are short little people. You know, they seem like, and my father, I mean, I'm now taller than he was. And uh, and and he's he kind of walks around. He's got a little bit of a, a crook in his in his back, uh, but it's not like some who look like they almost have a hump. And the first thought that goes through my mind, Jude, is, my goodness, what baggage are they still carrying around after eighty or ninety years? And I often wonder that if they could find a way to release, if that hump would just go away and they immediately pop up straight, kind of stuff. <laughs> Give us. A, well, I know that probably wouldn't happen immediately, but. But let's talk a little bit about what you've come up with. Yes, because they're bad habits 
that we repeat over and over and over. And what's really, really interesting is that when, like that, that sadness is natural, hurts and losses, like you say, natural to cry. But when we don't cry enough, we turn that sadness, that heaviness onto ourselves, And we're not good enough. We're, we're, we're not um, taking responsibility for ourselves. We feel unworthy. We, we, we don't feel good. And also all of those bad thoughts that we have about ourselves, oh, nobody loves me, all of those indicate that you have stored up sadness and you need to be doing more crying. Mm. Whereas for anger, anger is, you know, you can be angry at yourself, but anger usually is that energy goes outward onto other people. The people, they're not, you're not on my program and you're wrong, I'm right, you know, you should do it my way, you know, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't get what your thing is. It's that energy is outward when we have that anger that is in our body. And like a lot of this bullying has its roots in unexpressed anger, of course, and feeling small and feeling little, I've got sadness. And instead of crying because it's not okay, I'm going to take that and turn it into anger and make you the problem. Going to get feel better about myself by putting you down. So anger thoughts have to do with other people and things. Now, so, it's interesting that sadness, okay, and even, even in the category, putting into the category fear, we're allowed to express those. Those are fairly um, uh, common and acceptable expressions of emotion. Uh, obviously, happiness and joy and uh, all those kinds of things as well. But when it comes to anger, uh, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to express anger because I think more the fear on the part of the observers that the person who is angry is going to lash out and maybe hurt someone, including themselves. Um, I find this interesting. I've had this dynamic happen before. Uh, with with a female, where it's okay for her to get angry, but not for me, because she's afraid. And certainly, I can appreciate that. I can understand that. I grew up with four sisters, uh, and and a mother. I had a brother, a younger brother, and my father. And I don't recall ever there being a situation where I wasn't allowed to be angry any more than they were not allowed to be angry. But now here I am an adult and there are, there are some women who, uh-uh, if you get angry, I'm out of here. And it's like, okay, how in the world do I, now I've got two blockages. Number one, I've got the anger. And number two, I've got the, you can't express that anger or at least not in front of me. Right. And I say, Go back to what does a little child do when you say you can't have a cookie or it's time for you to go to bed? They'll have a temper tantrum. <laughs> exactly. They move the energy out of their body. They move that energy, then they'll fall asleep. They'll get distracted and, and start to play with something else, you know, or they'll just come back to being normal because they've moved that energy. And so what I think we need, 
And what I have clients do is I pull out an old, big old stack of used telephone books, which you can still find around, especially during when they put out new ones. I'll go to the recycle center and mm-hmm. climb into those dumpsters and get me a supply so I can hand them off to people. And a plastic, flexible plastic um, plumbing uh, hose. Oh, yeah. About, tw- about 20 inches. And you, you, you find yourself someplace safe, whether it's the bathroom, the garage, whatever, and you wail on those phone books with that hose and you do it until you're exhausted and you catch your breath and you do it again and you catch your breath and you do it again until that energy is all gone. Mm. But while you're doing it, you don't go, you stupid, you idiot, you, 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 you. That is only make the anger a deeper rut. You move it without words because there's no words. It's energy. It's just energy in the body. And I got to take responsibility for my anger and move it out of my body. So we're, we're basically transmuting or transforming that energy. We're dissipating it. We're releasing it. Yes. Releasing it. Releasing it. Right. Um, Because you can, well, I want to just say that if you can't, you know, if you, oh, I can't do that. You can always go into your car, sit behind the steering wheel, <laughs> grab the steering wheel, not while you're driving, yeah, right. and shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, because you're not going to pull it off of its right. you know, axis. You just, and you just do it until you can't do it anymore, and you'll feel silly, but you'll also feel incredibly free. Yeah. We're talking energy. We're talking with Jude Bijou and attitudereconstruction.com is her website. And you are folks watching and listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, along with uh, Jude Bijou. And we're uh, discussing this aspect, which a lot of folks, uh, Jude, are experiencing these days. Obviously, um, the the post-COVID, it seems as though um, they have declared that it is no longer a pandemic. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, don't quote me on that, folks. I think that as of this broadcast, uh, but the same by the same token, we still all need to be careful, period, whether it's COVID, whether it's the influenza. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff floating around out there, and we can't escape it, really. I mean, you can only do so much. Uh, although I will say you can, and I want to talk to you about this, you can fortify your immune system through, uh, am I correct, even through some of these simple uh, bullet points or ideas that you're putting out? Because that's really where the battle is won or lost is in the immune system. Um, I'll give you a real quick example. I worked for 21 days straight without a day off. And finally, my body said, no more. And I stayed in bed for three days. I just, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't want to move, let alone couldn't move. I was just exhausted. Uh, now I was working eight hour days, no big deal, but it was still 21 straight days. The body has a way of telling us when it's time to rest. And I know sleep is a huge um, booster for the immune system. But also these techniques you're talking about in terms of expressing some of those emotions that have been labeled 
do not express them because yeah. they're inappropriate. And I, I have to tell you, I, get, I don't know about you, I get distressed sometimes uh, when I am watching the news and you've got men in, specifically in politics, but other areas as well, who will express themselves to the media and I don't know what the heck you're talking about. No problem. They don't say, and the uh, the president or the uh, what? Lost is uh, lost is cool, and da uh, da. But if a woman does that, da, 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 must be that time of the month, or she's hysterical. It's like, wait a minute. You know, it's like one is allowed, and the you know, and the other is not. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of the. The stereotypical as well as, uh, what would you call it? Um, well, I guess that would be it. Uh, in a matter of speaking, the stereotypical attitudes on the part of the public and the media towards individuals who happen to be in front of the camera, a microphone, who basically have had, they're fed up with whatever the reporter or person is saying and then, and go and goes, oh, I had that happen on this program once. Uh, where this woman who is a very strong feminist and I was talking about men's fears just walking the streets and even looking at a woman and then being accused of harassment or what have you, some, or assault, and they never touched them. And she said to me, and it, with, with a lot of energy behind it, welcome to the club. And I thought, wow, oh, easy, you know. And, <laughs> and maybe she had a point, but, you know, again, it's it, it it's it's like... I didn't criticize her being that way. I didn't feel necessarily personally attacked, but it gave me maybe a better understanding of where she and other women are coming from when it comes to uh, that kind of thing. So anyway, I'll, I'll let you yeah. express. And, and and it's ancient. It's an ancient. We're, we've been we've all grown up in a male-dominated society, where we got to be tough. We can't show emotions because if we show emotions, we're weak. And so then the men have to stuff it. And then they don't want the women to be strong. And they don't want the women. They don't know what, what do you do with a crying woman? You know, it's like freaks, freaks guys out. Ah, oh, she's crying. You know, it's like, oh, let me try to pacify her. They, they don't want to just sit with it. Go for it, sweetie. I know you're sad. Go ahead and cry. But they don't. They, you know, again, the, the messages have just been so constant for time 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 way back generations and that's what all this new age is doing or in iran this women are going i'm i don't want to have be male dominated anymore i don't want to have a choice about whether i can show my hair or not but again it's just you know those are extreme examples mm -hmm. but it really is that Men are the ones we see that in in the politics. They're the ones that are out front usually. Yeah, in yeah. our society, and uh, it's and it's detrimental to that softness, to joy, love, and peace. It's more like get things done and do it my way, and mm. those aren't those aren't connecting kind of words and actions. It's you know I'm right, you're wrong. Mm, that's that's tough. Yeah. Well, I am certainly uh, very grateful that more women are getting involved in business and politics and a lot of the, the institutions and um, also uh, starting to hear about some of the history 
of the contributions that women have made in our society that if they had not come along, we may not have progressed as far as we had. I mean, I think about those movies as far as the space program, you know, and uh, yeah. the story of the, the women who were uh, running the equations to uh, uh, to get the Apollo program moving. You know, I mean, that was just I, I didn't know about that. And I it's like, well, it's about time. And why is this taking so long for us to hear about these contributions? This is ridiculous. Let's, you know, my sisters, uh, oh, my goodness, they've accomplished so much in their lives. Uh, and, um, you know, I am so proud of them and grateful that uh, they are they are in my life. But think about the movie theater, the movie business. It's been so male dominated. I mm. mean, it's starting to shift. But the amount of directors, the amount of actors are paying, the male actors are paid more. And they're, they're, you know, they're the ones that make the decisions about what kind of films that we're going to be making. That it's just been so dominated by the male energy and the male thinking that it takes a long time to make those shifts. Yeah. But we're working it. We're and, working and it. Yeah. We're, we're making, you know, we collectively are making headway to give everybody, regardless yeah. of their gender, uh, you know, an opportunity, you know. And, uh, you know, I've often thought, gee, you know, when, when someone's applying for a job, maybe there shouldn't be a name on the resume, maybe just a number. All right. And then who, whoever's in HR, whoever's doing the hiring, bases their hiring based upon what they're reading there. And I'm going to think, yeah, I know you still have to do the interview, but, you know, there's got to be a way to to uh, uh, um, uh, in a manner of speaking, doing it blindly so as you're not influenced by. And I have to say that as an operations manager over the years, when I have been in the position of hiring, I'd rather hire women <laughs> because they get what we're doing. More than a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys are into their ego and like, oh, we're working for radio and I'll become a personality and all that. It's like, oh, no, it doesn't work that way. This does, it just does not. This uh, is a program that is focusing on Jude Bijou's work, and that work has to do with Attitude Reconstruction, attitudereconstruction.com. That is her website. As I've said before, we will be linked to. We certainly hope that you will go to her website and uh, find out more about her and get a copy of the book that uh, was referenced earlier, Attitude Reconstruction. It's available in uh, paperback as well as on Kindle. And uh, we hope that you will stay tuned to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are um, working to try to adjust our attitudes. Uh, I mentioned at the front end of the program, Stealing Your Thunder, uh, that words have power. And the greatest example of that when it comes to the discussion of intention is something we've talked about, politics. And that I have been accused of being naive, uh, that, uh, uh, come on, Richard, you know, don't, don't, what they're saying, it's unimportant. You know, they're, they're just, just, it's just politics. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, wait a minute, hold on. It can't be just politics yeah. because they're saying these words in order to convince the electorate to vote for them. So they can sit in this particular seat of power to do whatever it is that they think they're going to be able to do. 
And so I'm going, no, this is not politics. Words have power. Um, I, I, I had a, a co-worker who used to go into the studio to record his news. And, every, and I could hear him from down the hall. Every time he made a mistake, it was all kinds of profane self-deprecation. So there's a person who needs to go and do some big old crying because they don't feel good about themselves. But what they mask it with is the anger. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm so stupid and oh, what an idiot. And blah, 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 blah. But uh, they they just don't feel good about themselves because it is it's it's for each of us. It's really to figure out what our repetitive, destructive thoughts are. Are they about ourselves? Are they about other people and things, the anger, or are they about time? Are they about the future or the past? Am I lamenting about, oh, I've made that mistake in the past and I did that? Or, or what's a worry about how is this going to happen? Or, oh, this is such a calamity. It's like for each of us, it's to figure out what the destructive thoughts that we think over and over and then look for what contradicts those thoughts that is true. So you can't go, um, uh, oh, if, you, if your destructive thought is, I'm a crappy parent, I'm just lousy. You can't combat what, that with, I'm the best parent in the whole world, because that's not true. But I'm doing my best as a parent. I'm doing my best as a parent. I'm doing my best as a parent and start to find stuff that contradicts. So you can even write down those destructive thoughts that you think over and over, pretty easy to do. We all know what kind of thoughts that we're thinking, whether it's that everybody is, you know, lame and they should just follow our, because we know, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they're that, or that, um, um, uh, that I've got to control everything. If I don't control everything, that the world's going to fall apart. You know, it's like I need to stay in control Mm. or, um, uh, you know, or to give up my way. I have a client, lovely client, smarter than a whip, but she always with her husband, almost always with her husband, acquiesces. He says, she says something, he says something, and then she goes, oh, okay, rather than I've got to continue to speak up sweetly. Not combatively, but I have to not be passive because that's one of those things that indicate that unexpressed sadness. I don't get that I'm powerful and that I deserve to be on the planet. I feel little. That means I need to do some more crying. I need to cry, cry, cry. And while I'm crying, I just go, I'm just so sad. I just need to cry. Or you can go, I love myself. I'm doing so good. I'm doing the best I can while you're crying, but not like nobody loves me. Oh, I can't decide anything. That's not good crying. That's how you get depressed is that you're thinking these bad thoughts about yourself over and over again. So it's figure out what you're saying. That's not worth it. Not, not making you feel joy, love, and peace those emotions, but making you feel more sad, more depressed, and start to repeat those over and over. I say 100,000 times, because think about how many times we've thought the opposite. Every, you know, oh, nobody likes me. 
Oh, I made another mistake. Oh, blah, 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 blah. oh, I don't look nice. Oh, my hair is too long. Oh, my hair is too short. Oh, yeah, not tall enough. You know, all of those messages that we carry around that keep us from feeling our full potential and being happy. Well, it's, it is, there's no question. It's a challenge to live in this world today uh, with, with the kinds of things that are being said. I, and, and I have to catch myself too sometimes uh, because I, I, I try not to watch the news. Actually, I've been criticized for not keeping up on current events, you know, and it's like, but what, what, what to what end? You know, to what end do I need to be keeping up on current events uh, because I can't control them? And so why should I, you know, because I, I know these things are going on. And I know that man's inhumanity to man has been going on for eons. And unfortunately, at least for the time being, is continuing to go on. So why do I need to fill my head with it? Uh, I recognize that it's there. I'm not burying my head in the sand. I'm just saying I don't need to be bombarded by that information. But when I listen to some of the, the, the commentary uh, on radio and television occasionally, um, I, I, and the name-calling, and oh. the first thing that comes to my mind is, how is this helping the situation? How is your calling these other people names helping to improve things? And, and I know this would never happen, but I would love for some of these commentators who have been and bashing politicians. Uh, and politicians as well, politicians. Who, who have been doing this for God knows how long. Take, I, I just take one hour out of one day of your broadcast and don't say anything but positive things about oh. that one person that you have been criticizing for years. Just one hour, 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes. Okay. All right. 10 minutes, 10, just nothing positive. For 10, nothing but positive, for 10 minutes. I know that would never happen because it doesn't sell. And, well, and, and because they, they would go, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that because that, that happens with clients all the time. I'll, I'll go, all right, now it's time to appreciate yourself. And they go, oh, no. And I go, yeah. And it's like, oh, there's nothing. And then I like, it's like, come on, there's got to be something. Yeah. And, oh, 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 okay. Well, what'd you do? You, you, you know, you got up and you made your bed. Well, good for you. What else did you do? And you just need a lot of coaching because when we've got that uh, stored up anger, it always goes to the negative. It goes to those judgments. Mm -hmm. It goes to those labels. But those are really indicative of unexpressed anger. And underneath that, we know there's sadness. They don't feel good about themselves. They feel insecure and they're freaked out. All of those emotions are underneath that negativity, those finding what's wrong and amplifying that for ratings because it's sensational or something like that. Jude Bijou is my guest here on the program. She has a book out and a website by the same name. AttitudeReconstruction.com is the website. Attitude Reconstruction is the title of the book in paperback and in Kindle. And uh, we are talking about your thoughts and uh, your words and your actions and how they all play together uh, basically to form the person that you are today. And if you don't like the person you are today... 
<laughs> Guess what? You can change the person you are tomorrow, today, by you changing. You have a choice. Yeah, you have yeah. a choice, which is part of what this program is all about, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. And this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, along with Jude Bijou. And Jude, you know, this, uh, you know, we've had you on a several times on this program over the years uh, to talk about several different uh, subjects. I know that I think the last time we were together, I think it was procrastination. And to that end, a lot of people will put all of this stuff off. I mean, it's kind of like uh, you're heading towards the holidays and you know you should diet. But I tell you what, come January, I'm going to eat right. But right now, because there's so much good stuff out here, I, I just can't resist. I'm just going to go nuts and set the dieting concept aside. You don't have to wait until January or someday in the future. But you do individuals and you've obviously dealt with this in your uh, clinical settings. Individuals, obviously, they have a hard time sometimes even starting to say anything good about themselves. This whole issue of self-esteem, of self-worth. I was asked, Richard, if you could change anything about me, this person was asking me, uh, what would it be? Now, I know this person well, and I said to them, if I could change anything about you, it would be that you would have a greater self-confidence that you would believe in yourself. How do you, where do you begin with someone who's at the bottom of that ladder, of that rope, as it were, whatever metaphor? Well, one is that you appreciate them and because they go, oh, they'll deflect, deflect, but also that you say, no, no, I really want to hear. There's got to be something. There's just got to be something good about what you're doing. And you really hold their feet to the fire in a loving way mm -hmm. and say, come on, just just humor me. Tell me three things that you like about yourself, three things you did well today. Or if you can't think of today, how about in the last week or the last month? But you start with just little steps and you don't say, all right, give me 10 appreciations. That's, that's just way too much. But you start with one. What's yeah. one thing that you like about yeah. yourself? Oh, give me another. Oh, that one's so sweet. Tell me another one. Oh, it, it, oh, yes, that just was music to my ear. Can you tell me another one? And then pretty soon they'll start laughing. Mm. And then they'll go, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty cool. You know, it's like we just need that encouragement yeah. that it's okay. It's not that uh, if I say nice things about myself, I'm being conceited. You know, it's yeah. not. It's that I'm honoring who I am. I'm a good person. Yeah. I do. I'm trying my best to, you know, be good to my children, to be good to my pets, to be good to my spouse, to be good to my friends. I, I've, I've, uh, this thought came to me as we started talking about this particular area, a movie called City Slickers, and in it, one of the characters, Mitch. And his two buddies, they're riding, and they're having this conversation. And the conversation was around, so what was your best day? And each one of them would go around and 
and answer what their best day was. One of them, I think, was when their their daughter was born. Uh, you know, another, I think, was when they got married and so forth and so on. And I remember having one of those days and I'm thinking, boy, that would be a great. So when was your best day? And it may have been your childhood. That's wherever it was. When was your best day? That's a great question to ask people. That's really great. Are you asking me? And I'm asking you, when was your best day? Well, you know, it, I've got to say that it was when I started meditating. When I was initiated, I started with TM, Transcendental Meditation. And when I had that experience, that first experience of meditating, I went to some other, I dropped down into myself, and it was like I was beyond words. And it's like, that's what I was looking for. That's when I knew that I was on the right path. How cool. How cool. Um, I can actually look at several days, but I would say that my very first best day after seeing that movie, uh, when I was 33, and I was on a camping trip. Uh, it was actually with two other gentlemen. We were in a men's group that I had started. One of them was uh, uh, the patron, uh, uh, was the owner of a, uh, a bar in Phoenix. The other one was an elderly gentleman who was a former professor. And I had helped the professor to uh, refurbish his fiberglass boat. He had a, a leak in it in the bottom. Mm -hmm. So we took it to my house, had a two-car covered garage or carport. And we put it up on sawhorses and so on and so forth. And we loaded it up with all of the good things and headed up to the lake. And the other guy was going to join us. The bar owner was going to join us the next day. We get to the, uh, we, we get to the site and we take everything off and we're doing what we're doing. And, and all of a sudden we're starting to do this and that and the other and dishes and what have you. And he starts telling me how to do dishes. Well, I, I, I've got siblings and we had chores when we were kids growing up. One of them, every, for two weeks, for a week, two of us would do the dishes. We would set the table and then we'd clear the table and do the dishes. So I knew how to do dishes. And I just, I had, I was fed up at that point because it was like he was telling me what to do or how to do things. Anyway, so um, uh, I, I kind of exploded a little bit and supposedly activated his PTSD because he was, he was in the Vietnam War. You know, and I said, I don't care. I said, I'm not your, you're not my father or my professor. I know how to do stuff. Knock it, you know, and so forth. Well, he went back to uh, uh, do some medical exams down in the city from where we were. He was able to do that. And um, uh, that morning I woke up after he had left. And I thought, well, I'll go ahead and take care of the dishes because I know how to do them for breakfast. I made myself some breakfast and so forth. And I thought, you know what? That boat is sitting over there by the lake. I'm going to put that sucker in the water. And I got in there and I rode back and forth across that lake. Had a great time. Came back to the campsite. You know those big concrete rings they have at campsites? And then the little thing where you can start a fire? I made a whole big old fire for one hot dog. <laughs> and a couple of other things. And then the other guy shows up. And our friend was still down there having his tests. And uh, so the bartender comes up and he comes up with this bone-in ham, big bone-in ham in a big pot. And we put it on the fire. We get it going with the beans. 
he brings up beer and uh, Jack Daniels, and so we're having a great time just sitting at the picnic table talking and enjoying ourselves and everything. And when that day was over, I could look at that day and say, first of all, because I stood up for myself to this gentleman who wasn't obnoxious or anything, it's just the way he was, and we were still friends after that, but I stood up for myself. And then I did things that I wanted to do in such a way, in spite of the fact that I had no vehicle. I was stuck. If these guys didn't show up again, I'd have to <laughs> go to one of the other campers there and say, could you give me a ride home? And it was a great day that day. And that was, and then for 30 days after that, and that was on the 3rd of September. It was Labor Day that year, 1993. And for the next month, I, every day after that, I actually said, today was my best day. And it doesn't diminish all of the other best days I've had. And, uh, you know. And I would say that you felt a lot of joy. Oh, yes. The opposite of sadness is joy. And when you took care of yourself, you spoke up, you said what you needed to say. And then you did things that gave you pleasure, that you, you, you tapped into your own needs and your own wants. Those are you honoring you, and those create the emotion of joy. Hmm. And so that what you did is you just inundated yourself, inundated yourself with a big, a big dose of joy that created a divine shift. Yeah. You were able to stay in that state. That's I also, lovely. and I ask you this too. Do you think that another way of shifting our energy and shifting our attitudes is to delve into areas that we probably wouldn't ordinarily? And I'll, I'll just use a real quick example. And it's not that I've never done this before, but it's been a while. And I decided, I was asked by someone to go and audition for this uh, musical group that we have here in Santa Barbara, and it's across the country actually, called Revels, Santa Barbara Revels. And we're, they're doing this uh, Scottish, uh, it's actually a solstice celebration musical. And so I went and I auditioned. And I, I was accepted into the choir. And then they said, you know, you ought to audition for some acting parts, you know, and so forth. So I thought, whether I get picked or not, this was a fun day, you know, when it was all over. And um, I've noticed that I even shifted from my normal, because uh, I've been listening for the longest time to country music, because I enjoy country music. But some things in my personal life, every time I listen to one of these songs, it just keeps rehashing it. So I've switched to the classical station, where there are no lyrics just that beautiful music that kind of evokes a particular emotion or feeling. So changing, stepping outside of your comfort zone, um, doing something different in your routine can have a great effect in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Outside of your own rigid thoughts about what your potential is and just go for it. You know, step through the fear and do it anyway. And that's that's what you did. And then you saw, there I am. I'm there in my wholeness, in my fullness. Mm. 
Very good. What Very good. What are some of the things that you have done? You know, certainly you talked about your for your your first best day, but what are some of the things that you have done to step outside of yourself, step out and out of your comfort zone? That when you looked back, going, wow. I was scared to death when I first, I mean, I've learned how to fly a plane. Not that I was necessarily afraid. I just never thought I would ever do it in my lifetime because, well, I was born legally blind. How many legally blind pilots do you know? I don't think any. <laughs> so what are some of the things you have done to take yourself out of, uh, out of get out of your way, so to speak, and shift your, uh, your emotions and your attitudes and your intention? Well, I think one of the best ones is that I became an, ad, uh, an advocate for attitude reconstruction because where I was, okay, I've put together this whole theory of human behavior and now, all right, and I, I finally, after 20 years of editing and editors, I finally got it the way I want it. And it's like, okay, and I'm done rather than, oh, now I have to promote it. I have to go out there and talk with people that I don't know and do things that I, you know, accept uh, engagements to speak places that I would prefer to be home under the covers. Mm. But really having to step out of that comfort zone because I knew that I had a higher purpose, that I had really good information that I had to express. That's cool. I'm working on my book, too. Been working on it for 21 years. Oh. Not a long book. I'm not writing War and Peace, mind you. But I've procrastinated, kind of like our conversation the last time about procrastination. But I've made the commitment that I will uh, basically um, have this thing ready for publication by the 22nd of December 2022. So, I'm getting close to the deadline, but I've begun reading through it, little by little, and so forth, and uh, I feel real good about that. Plus, another project where now I'm the narrator for a gentleman's six mystery novels. Uh, you know, I mean, just some new things that are coming along. It's just incredible. So, boy, I tell you what, stepping outside, shall we say, our own personal nine dots, or stepping outside our own personal <laughs> box... Yes. Uh, quite honestly, um, uh, what is the? I think the phrase is that 90, 90 or ninety-five percent of what we worry about never happens. Absolutely, and it's born of fear. Yeah. It's because we're in fear and we're scared. I'm scared of what's going to happen, so yeah. I won't do it. Rather yeah. than okay, I might feel fear, but I can shake it off, and let me see what's through door number one, through door number two, through door number three, because that's what they say is that people who are really, really inventive uh, take that fear response that they feel in their body as a good sign. Mm. It's a sign that I'm breaking through and going someplace where I haven't gone before. So yeah. they don't go, ooh, I feel scared. I better retreat. Yeah. They go, I'm going forward. I'm moving into new territory. And though I, I'm not a f big fan of this phrase, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> um, I would say that when we do step outside our own personal box, 
Uh, that, to me, is what truly builds our character as well as our self-esteem. Because even if they had rejected me for a singing part, or even if they reject me for an acting part, at least I put myself out there. At least I did something, you know. Uh, what is it in sports, uh, let's say basketball? Um, you are guaranteed 100% not to make one single basket if you never shoot. <laughs> if you never put up the ball. And that's true. You'll never make a basket if you never put it up. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's like, and yeah, it's scary sometimes. I mean, I still, in spite fear. of the, what's that? It's just fear. It's just an emotion yeah. and I can handle it. It's not going to kill me. It's just an emotion. I can shake a little bit. I can give myself some thoughts like everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Those are the kind of thoughts that pacify the fear. Everything will be okay. Everything is okay. One step at a time. You know, I can do it one step at a time. I can handle it. You know, I'll take care of the future in the future. Some kind of thought that, that offsets those thoughts that we have of, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Rather than, I can do that. Just give it a shot. And you give know what is so cool about doing stuff like that? Is in addition to, you know, whether I, like I said, whether I get picked or not, I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of new people. It's if I do get picked, wow, how cool. Obviously, they saw something in me that, 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 that. And it starts to build up your self-confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth. Um, and we're not talking narcissism here. I think that's maybe also part of the fear is, uh, I don't want to become a narcissist, just like in my business. Uh, you have to have a pretty good size ego in this business. And so I recognize that is a reality. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a narcissist, you know, that I'm a pathologic, I'm pathological or anything. Uh, because I can sit here, even with the, the, uh, the humblest of hearts, and say, I am good at what I do. Not just because other people say, I'm good at what I do, but I've listened to some of the stuff I've done. And I'm in awe. I was listening to a project I finished. I'm not kidding you. Tear I had tears. Wow. I, you know, it wasn't... Did I do that? You know, Urkel's, did I do that? Yeah. Look look what you can do. And it really makes a big difference. And I wanted to tie this into community. I wanted to tie this into building community. When you have people around you who aren't necessarily yes people, but they're not tearing down your dreams. <laughs> yes. Talk to us about that and how important that is. Well, you, you've just nailed it. And that is the company that we keep is so important. If we're around a lot of negativity, a lot of people, oh, that won't work. And oh, you can't do that. It, it's so easy to give up or to go, okay, I'm going to be the strong one. And I'm going to say, no, let's go. Let's go for it. 
but it's hard when when we're in an atmosphere where everybody is oh that won't work and that can't work and that can't work that it's it's hard not to get sucked in to the energy around us that's why we have to be really careful about who we hang with and find people who want to appreciate us and be excited about what we have to contribute. Well, I will tell you, uh, Jude, that um, it's, it is something that I know I, I, I still struggle with, but much less than I used to. Uh, I am still a bit on the self-conscious side when I'm singing in front of people. But one of the tricks that I found that's helped me is that, all right, once you get started, it's now too late. You can't be embarrassed anymore because all you've already started. So you might as well just go for it. And so in, in my audition, that's really the perspective I took. I mean, I, I, I spent a minute and a half just trying to, okay, I got to make sure I start the right note. And okay. Uh, and I mean, I was doing all of this stalling and finally, okay, you got it. You got to belt it. All right. Boom. And now I started. Okay. There's no turning back now. And, and it went, and it was great. I call that gulp and leap. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love it. But that's just what we've got to do. We've got to try something new. And, and that's it. You can procrastinate. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm not a good writer or whatever. Or we can just say, what the heck? Going to write for 20 minutes today. Hmm. And just let all of those, those self-sabotaging thoughts don't pay attention to them. Go, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Just 20 minutes. I can do this. I can, and then after 10 minutes, it's, oh, I'm done. I haven't got. No, I can do this 20 minutes. And you're coaching yourself with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because nobody else is going to do that for us unless we're a little small child and somebody is right. teaching us how to do the alphabet or something, you know. Yeah. something like that, but that we can be our own best cheerleader yeah. rather than our own best naysayer because one is going to make us expand and the other is going to make us retreat. And we have it again, we have a choice Yeah, and only we're responsible for ourselves. Nobody else is going to be there to make us feel happy. Those kind of happinesses come and go. It's sort of like, I got to feed myself. Before we wrap things up, I have to go down this particular road. I, I know that it's got to be an important part of this process. And that is one of the things we promote on this station, on this program. People participating in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we ask people to go within and listen to that still small voice. Tell me about how important that is, a sort of a multi-layered question how important it is, and your suggestions on how one might get started if they've never really consciously listened to and followed those promptings. Well, I think that it's really important. I, for Attitude Reconstruction says there's five things that we can do to change. We can change how we handle our emotions. We can change how we think. We can change how we communicate, how we speak. We can commute, we can change our actions. Or the fifth one is we can start to listen to ourselves. 
listen to our intuition, our inner voice, that mm. that's the anchor. That's the anchor for. Oh, dear. You've frozen. And ask yourself the question, what's true for me? What's true for me? And it's not, I, I think, I feel like I, no, it's what's true for me. And just by asking the question and then pausing, we know, we know what we want for dinner. It starts with something very, very small. Or do I want to go out tonight or not? Just, just it's not like, oh, well, that person wants me to meet them there. It's sort of like, no, stop, pause, yeah. take a deep breath and ask ourselves the question and then listen because it's stop, listen, ask the question, whatever the question is, listen and then obey, follow through with what we hear. So it's not like I need to stay in tonight. I've been too busy today. Oh, but my friend really wants me to go. I'll go anyway. No, it's listen to ourselves yeah. because that's that's our anchor. That's our North Star. Everything else is I'm just going around there chasing the tail of, of other people's desires. Yeah. Attitude Reconstruction, attitudereconstruction.com is the website. My guest is Jude Bijou, and you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I want to uh, thank you so much for the time that you have given us on all of these programs, this one especially. I think this one was uh, quite uh, interesting and, and I, hope, uh, uh, I hope inspiring for people who are listening uh, that it doesn't take much to get started. And it only, it just start with the little things. The little, I've often said it's the details that will make you or break you. I have two things to say. One goes right along with that point that you're making. And that is, if I go, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to look at my destructive thoughts and I'm going to start to say something that I appreciate about myself every day. And then you forget. doesn't matter. When you remember, start again. It's always an opportunity to start again and go, all right, I'll do that. You know, I, I want to lose five pounds. Oh, I forgot and I ate that chocolate cake. Start the next day. Start, so we can always start again with our good intentions about what we know in our heart is what will really take us toward joy, love, and peace. So that's one thing. The other is that I am teaching a, a, a free how to communicate class, a Saturday class through adult ed coming up on the 22nd of October. And I, it's a, it's one of those things we just weren't taught how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about communication, that there's just there's simple rules, but you can see that everybody has the same problems in their communication. And they just, we weren't taught. So come join me on the 22nd of October, go to the, the adult ed, extended education, extended learning, and maybe I'll see you on that Saturday. I hope so. hope so. Well, once again, Jude, I want to thank you so much. I do want to ask you those three questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of the program. Uh, your answers may change from uh, program to program, which is fine. They may be the same. 
but before I ask you those questions, I want to address you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And as I've said before, we're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Well, that's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We, uh, pod we stream those at that time. We stream at those times. And our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And you can watch these interviews on the YouTube channel, Richard Dugan, Tell Me Your Story. We certainly hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll be notified when new interviews are posted. We also ask that if you can do so, support us financially. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And we also ask you, as I've already stated, to spend some time going within during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where you uh, listen to that still small voice and follow the promptings. You can start small. Again, it's the details that'll make you. And every time you do it, you become a little bit more confident and a little bit more trusting. I know it took me a long time, but I tell you, now it's, it's second nature just to, uh, to be guided. So we hope that you will do that. With all of that being said, we now move to uh, the final three questions of our uh, program for our guest. And the first of those three is, who is Jude Bijou? Ooh. Someone who strives for joy, love, and peace. What is it that you hope to or want to accomplish do, uh, with the work that you are doing now? Uh, I want small children to learn these simple principles so that they are going to feel their full potential as they grow up. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Joy, love, and peace, and to die with a smile on my face. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. And with that, I thank you again for joining us, and I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening. <laughs>